Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Seeker Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We aim to make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. As we journey further down the rabbit hole, exploring those questions most don't even wish to ask. Hope you'll join me this evening as we expand our consciousness and use those sixth sense and our analytical skills to explore this world around us because we realize that reality is not quite what it seems. That reality is being tested for us over the past week, the events of the Las Vegas shooting. I want to talk about that this evening and dissect it from the standpoint of our approach to trying to find truth because I think the waters have become incredibly muddied. I wouldn't be surprised if that's by design, but can also just be a byproduct of the distrust that's been created in this world. So I'm going to talk about that this evening, what it could mean. I'll speculate a little bit on what I think happened, but more importantly, just focus on how we can approach this very complicated situation because I think there's a lot of confusion out there, at least among those of us who are in the habit of searching for truth, those who are screaming false flag. I think we need to look at this and and, kind of regroup and take a different stance on this for a minute and explore where we are and where we need to go with this information. Let me get to the news before I jump into that heavy, heavy topic, of course. It's just been a crazy week. I feel like every week's a crazy week. Happy to be doing the show, though. i got to direct you to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Sixth Sense Media. Ray Davis has been uh, coordinating a lot of threads out there um, discussing what's been going on with uh, with the Vegas shooting, uh, along with a ton of other great content that Ray's been throwing up there as well. Um, but there's been some really good discussions going on for some some uh, some very intelligent people with a wealth of experience, military guys, cops, truth seekers, uh, analysts, just people with really, really good insight uh, in how to approach this problem and these challenges that we're facing. I've been enjoying following the threads. I've been chiming in when I can. If you haven't done so already, please check it out. The Sixth Sense Media, it's the Facebook feed. You can see the links at servicechange.com to get there. It's also in the secret newsletter. Uh, and join the discussion. I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on this subject and other subjects because there will be other topics that are going up there as the weeks continue, as Sixth Sense Media continues to grow. Speaking of growth, the website is just about ready. It takes a while. I had to transfer it because I had it on another um, server. So that transfer should be complete around uh, this Sunday, and then I have a few more tweaks and modifications to make. But I'm hoping within the week or two we're able to officially launch that page. Let me double-check with Ray before I go putting that out there, though. But I think we're just about there. It's an awesome site, the way it's set up. I'm really pleased with uh, with where it's going and, and the potential that it has. Uh, but And as always, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe via iTunes, via SoundCloud. We're on uh, TuneIn Radio and uh, Google Play, among many others. I, I forget the other ones that are out there. But there's, there's a ton of ways to get the show, obviously, at servicechange.com. Make sure you sign up for the secret newsletter. You'll never miss anything because it comes out every single Sunday giving you all the latest 
details of what's going on through the Secret Podcast and in our world. So here we go. Let's let's cover some of the interesting things that are going on in the world this week. This first one, this just came out today. It's it's a little bit concerning, uh, and it involves our president of the United States, Donald Trump. He made some comments during a uh, a dinner he had set aside with some of his top military advisors, and uh, you know, he he said this is the calm before the storm. And when challenged what he meant by that, his response was simply, we'll see. So what does that mean? Does Trump have something planned? The articles are speculating. Is he referring to something maybe with the Iran nuclear deal? Is he referring to targeting ISIS even more? I honestly don't know. Um, CNN saying this could cause more harm than good with with such an, an ambiguous statement. It might put certain nations on edge unnecessarily. It is kind of odd when he's meeting with military advisors and then said this could be the calm before the storm. Well, what are you planning there, buddy? It's uh, it's an ominous statement. Coming to us from usnews.com, a, uh, the CIA official predicts North Korean provocation on Columbus Day. A top CIA official for the Korean Peninsula warned Wednesday that the U.S. should be ready for new provocation by North Korea on Columbus Day, October 9th, which coincides with the anniversary of the founding of the political party. That governs in Pyongyang. I'll have this in the show notes at servicechange.com and in the Seeker newsletter that goes out Sunday morning as well. You can read all the details of that. I I don't know what that means. The article doesn't get into specifics of what North Korea may or may not do. It could be a test. Uh, I I don't know that it didn't really say anything about an attack. I think we'd get some kind of greater warning. I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't. But that's out there as well. To add to the mix of chaos... This one here, I came across this last week. I didn't have time to get it on last week's episode. But I found an interview from HollywoodReporter.com with James Cameron. And he's planning another Terminator movie, which I love the Terminator series. But he's, he's bringing back the original cast from what I understand, which I'm incredibly excited about. I think it's going to make for a great film. Um, you know, Linda Hamilton's going to be in it, is, is what he's telling us. But there's one excerpt that I want to talk about because Cameron's talking about his thoughts on artificial intelligence. And it, it, it ties into a lot of the stuff that I talk about on the show. He said, technology has always scared me and it's always seduced me. People ask me, will the machines ever win against humanity? I say, look around in any airport or restaurant and see how many people are on their phones. Machines have already won. It's just that they've won in a different way. We are co-evolving with our technology. We're merging. The technology is becoming a mirror to us as we start to build humanoid robots, as we start to seriously build AGI, general intelligence. That's our equal. Some of the top scientists in artificial intelligence say that that's 10 to 30 years from now. We need to get the damn movies done before that actually happens. And when you talk to these guys, they remind me a lot of that excited optimism that nuclear scientists had in the 30s and 40s when they were thinking about how they could power the world and taking zero responsibility for the idea that would instantly be weaponized. The first manifestation of nuclear power on our planet was the destruction of two cities and hundreds of thousands of people. So the idea that it can't happen now is not the case. It can happen, and may even happen. I think that's brilliant insight right there. Um, you know, There are some top minds in this world, and, and I do a ton of shows on AI because I'm fascinated with it, but that are warning against this. Now, and the, I never thought to make that comparison to the nuclear bomb, but it makes perfect sense. This AI could be catastrophic. Yes, it offers so many benefits. I'm, I'm not against that. I understand that. 
But it, it, once it's weaponized, and there's a possibility it could be, or once it maybe becomes self-aware and weaponizes itself, I don't know. But anyway, Cameron feels the same way. It shows that him and I think alike, so maybe I should uh, go apply for a job with James Cameron. Jimmy, if you're listening, hit me up, buddy. All right, here we go. This next one, and this is getting into the Las Vegas stuff, a little bit more serious, a little bit more somber. It's from the Wall Street Journal. And the title is YouTube Tweaks Search Results as Las Vegas Conspiracy Theories Rise to the Top. Uh, Debunked claims appear in top five videos for news about Las Vegas shooting NFL anthem protests. I read that with the emphasis wrong. Debunked claims appear in top five videos for news about Las Vegas and NFL anthem protests. YouTube this week surfaced videos peddling misinformation, hateful messages, and conspiracy theories to users tracking major news events, prompting the site to change its search results to promote more authoritative resources. I'm going to pause there for a minute and give a caveat. I think that's a half-truth because there is some garbage that's going around out there, but I also think they're unduly or unfair to those of us in the alternative media who are simply asking questions. It says, for example, the fifth result when searching Las Vegas shooting on YouTube late Tuesday yielded a video titled, Proof Las Vegas Video Was a False Flag Attack, Shooter on Fourth Floor. Uh, The video said there were multiple shooters in Sunday's mass shooting, uh, a claim dismissed by law enforcement. All right, so what this article talks about is how these, these claims were coming up, these conspiracy theory claims were coming up and they were ranking in the top search results. So YouTube had to change it because they wanted it to reflect more of what the mainstream was saying. Well, it's right now to me, that should be a red flag right there because they're manipulating what these algorithms are putting up there what people are searching for. So obviously there's a hunger for this information and they're trying to control the information people are getting. It's it, it's not an organic search based on the total number of searches for a specific story. They're going to put that at the top of the ranking. No, they had to change it so those stories would no longer appear at the top. I have a problem with that. I also have a problem with some of the junk that's been circulating out there. And that's kind of what I wanted to get into this evening on the show. The shooting is, is a terrible tragedy. And I feel that we're struggling to understand it. And I've had some conversations with people who said, why do you have to keep questioning it? Why does it matter? I want to know the truth for so many reasons. And I'm afraid of how whatever story comes out can be used to manipulate the American people, to take away freedoms, or to change things to our ultimate detriment. In the, in the name of safety. That is what concerns me. That's why I think it's important to get to the bottom of this, to find out what the truth is. Now, I, I've spoken to several people online. Ray Davis and I have been going back and forth, and we've been talking about this in our, in our Facebook feeds. Some people are being ridiculed. And, and again, the term conspiracy theorist is being thrown around as a horrible negative, as an insult, making you sound like some looney tune. Let me tell you something. I think that it's healthy to question everything. The reason being is because there are people and agencies that simply can't be trusted. Has the previous election taught us nothing? Have we completely forgotten 
what we just witnessed during that election campaign, with uh, during the WikiLeaks releases and the data dumps, with our own government agencies caught red-handed lying. Yet people are going to look at us like we're crazy when we say, I think there's more to this story. Now, I'm not saying this is a false flag. I'm not saying there was a second shooter. What I'm saying is because of cell phone video, because it's so easy to get a tiny piece of the story, there's a lot of confusion out there right now. And as American citizens, as consumers, we have a right to know. I, as a former law enforcement officer, as a former intelligence agent, I can't see a reason right now why we can't have access to that information or at least get the response that states this is currently an ongoing investigation. We will release information once we finish our investigation. That I can see because when you get pieces of it like we have right now, it creates the panic, it creates the mistrust, it creates the confusion. But the other piece of this is there's a mist right now there is a major mistrust in the mainstream media for countless reasons. But just take the most recent Hurricane Harvey, the video that came out through CNN, the guys doing a supposed live video. I'm going to go save a guy who's stuck in his truck that's floating downriver. And he runs off camera in a pair of khakis. And half a second later, as if the camera had a glitch, it cuts over to him, and now he's in shorts. There's no way that was enough time for him to change in the nanosecond that it, that it blanked out as if it was cutting to, to a different angle or whatever. So there's, there's some level of manipulation, of trickery here. And it goes deeper than that. If we look at, I did a show on the mass manipulation that was used for World War I, the way they used different advertising techniques to get people behind the war. The way that the Gulf of Tonkin incident, this is verifiable stuff. I'm not talking about some Looney Tunes conspiracy theories. This stuff is in the history books that I'm teaching at the high school level right now. The Gulf of Tonkin was an actual false flag attack. It was made up, completely made up by President Johnson. Some say something little may have happened, but it wasn't what was reported. It was used to give Johnson the power to bring us into Vietnam, and we all know how Vietnam went. It was not in our best interest. Imagine what the world would be today if we never engaged in Vietnam. So it's these things that are game changers. We look at things like 9-11, and I'm, I still haven't touched 9-11 publicly. I'm not ready to get into that. But we look at, regardless of what happened, we look at the restrictions on our freedoms that have come as a result of 9-11. Now we have this shooter, and I worry that they're going to use this incident to further violate our freedoms and our privacy in the name of safety. Well, well, what I'm saying is that is a very dangerous game because no amount of surveillance was able to stop this guy from doing what he's doing, obviously. So what's going to come next? Well, the cameras aren't working, so they're going to start doing searches. Well, now you're violating my Fourth Amendment right. I feel that walking into certain places and you want to even use a metal detector without probable cause, without reasonable suspicion, is a violation of my privacy. Now, maybe if they say it's a private company, that's their own right to do it because it's not the government. Well, I get it. Well, then maybe I just won't be going anywhere. But we can't submit to this. I think that's a very dangerous game. I really think that's a very dangerous game. And that's the potential that, that scares me with this.
Now, I also want to say, you know, again, shame on the mainstream media because they're they're quickly dismissing a lot of these questions that are coming up, a lot of these conspiracy theorists. But there's also several in the alternative media who are putting things up there like proof of a second shooter. Well, what that does, if you don't have actual proof, what you're doing is discrediting the entire alternative movement. You're discrediting every person who's out there genuinely searching for truth. The reality is right now, we don't know anything because we only get bits and pieces of the information. The only people that have access to know everything right now, in all honesty, is the Las Vegas Police Department, the FBI, Homeland Security, and everyone involved in that investigation. Those are the only people who have total access to everything that we would need to do to make our own decisions, draw our own conclusions. Which is why I think that it's of the utmost importance that in a timely manner, it does not have to be today or tomorrow because I understand how an investigation works, but in a reasonable amount of time, we need access. We need to see these videos. We, I think we have a right to see it. Yes, it may be morbid. Yes, it may be scary. Yes, it may be difficult for some people to see. But in the name of transparency... I think we have a right to look into it as well, to know what's happening, to know what happened. And that's a part of the healing process. Let us understand exactly what happened. I don't want to be spoon-fed some story. I want to see the pieces of evidence so I can draw my own conclusions. Now, what they're saying here is that that the shooter had created a sniper's nest. He was up in the hotel for three to four days, uh, and, and he acted alone. He set up surveillance cameras so he could see out the window we still don't even understand what type of weapon he was using. Some photos have been leaked, but here's the other thing. How can we verify that the photos that have come out are, in fact, photos from this incident? I, maybe they've been officially released. I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything official. But when stuff comes out that's leaked, how do we know it's not some fake image that somebody else put together to throw us off the trail? Because we got to keep in mind, I want to give you an example of this. When an incident like this happens... You have people who are genuinely looking for answers. Then you have people who people who are looking for answers with experience in how to look for answers. Then you have people who are looking for answers that really don't have a clue what they're doing. Then you have people who are just having fun or intentionally throwing people off the trail. I remember during the Columbine incident, I was, I was glued to my TV set watching this horrible incident unfold. And they had this caller on the line. So we have a caller inside the school right now. And this man gets on the phone. This young boy gets on the phone. And he's panicking. He says, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. And he's going through how afraid he is. And and the anchor, I think it was CNN, is silent, just listening to it. And this went on for about five minutes as he's talking about how scared he is. And then the, the student says something like, okay, he's coming. He's a gunman. His name is Howard Stern, and he's running. And they quickly cut him off. It was it was one of Howard's, not blaming Howard Stern for this. That's just what his fans notoriously did. They would call in, and they'd create these elaborate stories as if there's somebody on the scene, and then they drop his name. Or they'll say Baba Booey or something like that just to get, just to get the plug for Howard Stern in there. So we may think that Despite something being so horrible, people aren't capable of that, but sometimes people are sick in the head, and that's what they're doing. So other people may simply 
want to be a part of it. They may want to be the one that solves it. They may want to be the one that finds a smoking gun piece of evidence. I've seen people sharing videos that said, hey, uh, this proves there's a second shooter like my page. Come on now. During an incident like this, you're, you're pandering for likes when you're sharing information? That's distasteful. And that makes me question the credibility of what you're putting out there. So there's a lot of this confusion, and we have to keep that in mind. On top of that, we have to keep in mind that this situation was chaos, utter chaos. There was a, a woman, that the taxi driver video, I've watched it a couple times. When she stops and eventually picks up passengers, the woman gets in the car and she says, Oh my gosh, thousands of people are dead. Thousands. The, the estimate of, of dead was, uh, I think, 58, 59. And the estimate of injuries was somewhere between five and 600. Still a high number, but it's a lot different than thousands dead. Is this woman an idiot? Is she a liar? No. She reported what she saw with the fear that she was experiencing as she was running for her life. She said thousands were dead. And these are the kind of reports that come in in these types of incidents. When something tense happens, you never get the the whole story. You don't always get the whole story right away. That's why the police need to, and the FBI needs to go through and they need to interview everybody they possibly can, and you're going to start finding common threads. This talk of second shooters, I, I'm sure people who were there are claiming there was a second shooter. Maybe there was, but I have, based on the videos I've seen, I'm saying so far I haven't seen evidence of a second shooter. I've seen things that need to be further questioned. There was a video of people running through the Bellagio and the claims that there was a shooter there. I think it was the Bellagio, another hotel, another location. If that's the case, then we need to see evidence of that shooting. Were there shell casings on the ground there? Was there anybody hit and dead there? Was there blood stains there? Are there marks from the rounds that impacted the floor and the wall in that location? For those people on the ground in Vegas, if it's not a quarantine uh, crime scene right now, go there and take a look. These are things that I trust law enforcement is doing. Whether they release it or not, I don't know. But this is what an investigator does. You get a lead, which is, hey, there was a second shooter at the Bellagio. You go investigate it. You assign your team. You, one task force looks here. One part of the task force looks there. That's how it works. Now, there was a, a, a lot of controversy coming out over the second shooter on the fourth floor. A video came out. It says, right there, fourth floor. I've watched a couple angles of this fourth floor, and there's times when that light is flashing and there's zero sound. Keep in mind of where this is. It's Vegas. There are lights everywhere. So is it possible that there's a strobe or a police car or a security vehicle parked at just the right angle that's reflecting in that window, and it's not, in fact, another shooter on the fourth floor? Yes, it's highly possible. Again, I'm not saying there wasn't a second shooter. I'm saying we don't know yet. And I think that we should investigate it. I don't, I'm not dismissing it. I think it's important. If people say there was a second shooter, then we need to investigate and determine whether or not there was. But based on what I've seen, in my opinion, I'm not convinced yet that there was. A lot of, time, uh, a lot of people are saying they were hearing two sets of gunfire. From what I could hear, it was the round being fired 
out of the weapon, and then it was the echo of it, and then you'd also hear it as it was hitting the ground if it was close by to wherever the camera person was. So you were hearing all these different sounds all coming from the same weapon is what it sounded like to me. So, But these are things that with the limited glimpses we're getting, we, we don't have an ability to know that or even figure that out because we don't have the full picture, which is why we need the government, we need the police department to keep us clearly informed and release this information. Another point I wanted to talk about, we, we've heard people saying, how did he get all these guns up into his room? How, how did he you know, um, not be noticed by all the surveillance cameras? He was there for three or four days before this shooting happened. Now, I had a student of mine tell me, look, if he's shooting ARs, he can easily break them down, fit four or five into a duffel bag, and just make a couple trips over the course of a few days. Nobody's going to notice a man once, maybe twice a day, carrying a bag in and out of a hotel. There's nothing suspicious about that whatsoever. Okay, I don't know how much ammunition he had, but it could have been the same thing. Even if he made a few trips a day, bringing a bag in and out of the hotel, there are ways, I'm sure, to bring this stuff in and out of a hotel that a surveillance camera won't notice. Now, I did read through official channels that his vehicle had a lot of explosives in it. Now, here's something that's interesting and worth investigating if we can get access to these tapes, or I'm hoping that the, the police department, whoever's investigating this, it will be looking at. Not only searching his vehicle, not only watching him going back and forth from his vehicle, removing the firearms, I'd also like to see him actually parking his vehicle. And with Vegas being what it is, can we track the movements of his vehicle through the Vegas Strip? Because I want to know, did he actually drive his vehicle there and park it there? Did anybody else go near, in, or out of his vehicle while he was in the hotel? Reason being, if there's another person involved, maybe somebody else parked his vehicle there to set him up or to, to load it with supplies. Maybe after he left his vehicle, somebody else went to his vehicle and parked it there. But these are things that I think need to be explored. Whether there were claims of a second shooter or not, that's part of doing a thorough investigation. And again, I'm pretty sure that the FBI and the Vegas Police Department are doing this. I just hope that we're going to get this information released. These are things, when if these things get released, that those truth seekers out there who are serious about figuring this out, that's what we need to be looking for. We need to see the surveillance video of him traveling through the hotel with his duffel bag. We need to see the continual unbroken footage of his hallway so we can see for ourselves who's been going in and out of his room. This is all the stuff that we need to see. And everybody that's been in and out of it needs to be identified. Again, maybe that's what they're doing. Now, I, I, don't, I can't think of a real reason why if they had footage of somebody else, a third party coming out of the room, unless they already have them in custody, why they wouldn't release that picture. Help us find this person. Help us identify this person. Maybe they know who that person is. Maybe they already have them. I, I don't know. But another interesting point comes to mind, though. There's a lot of reports of, of a woman about 45 minutes before the shooting screaming, you're all going to die. Is that just an odd coincidence? Was she psychic and felt this coming? Or did she have insider knowledge of something like this going to happen? We need to find who this woman is. Someone somewhere has to have cell phone video. Now, I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on. Maybe she was part of this. Maybe she knew about this. Maybe she's already dead. I don't 
I don't know, but I'd like to figure it out. Run this lead to ground as well. And that's what needs to happen. We need to make an itemized list of our unknowns. What don't we know? How can we, what information do we need in order to solve this? Now, I know, and people are sharing it less and less now because more time has gone on. But those that are still seriously looking into this, again, the fact that a witness screams, there's two shooters or there's another shooter, or the fact that you have a three-second video of something that looks a little shady, don't market it as if you have the proof. Market it as a question. Keep it as a question until you can verify it. I saw a video today. It said, proof of a second shooter. And it was like a four-second clip. And you see people running away, and you hear gunfire in the background, and you see somebody run up to the jump, run up to the crowd, you see a light burst on, and you see what looks like a rifle be raised on the crowd, and the person squats down. And that's being sold as it's a second shooter, and the video cuts away from that person as soon as they do that. I'm suspicious of that because we're not seeing the whole clip. I know there's more to that clip. The whole thing should be played in its entirety. If you look at it closely, the person looks like they're wearing a Las Vegas Police Department police uniform. The rifle or shotgun that they're carrying has a light on the end, which would be traditional of law enforcement to have. The guy looks like a cop. He squats down pointing it, not at well, it is at the crowd, but it's in the direction of the gunfire. But you never see this person fire their weapon. It's too fast. You don't hear the weapon go off. It was right in front of the camera. It would be really loud. So that's not proof that there was a second shooter. What that shows is that there was somebody else in that vicinity, possibly with a firearm. But there's a possibility that that was a police officer as well. We need to be careful when we're doing this because when you have that kooky garbage out there with those headlines, it makes those of us who are saying, hey, I want to look into this. I'm not sure if this is an accurate representation of what's going on. It makes us all look bad. It gives those naysayers reason to say, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Stop stirring the pot. We have a responsibility. And that's what we're trying to do with Sixth Sense Media is to keep that objectivity. Believe me, look, I love a good conspiracy theory. I have a major distrust for the media. I have a distrust for the government. A story like this, if we could prove that, hey, they're not giving us the official um, story. They're not telling us the truth about what's happening. That would blow the lid wide open on this thing. It would be a smoking gun that I think people are looking for. But I've taken the approach of devil's advocate. Every time I get a, a story that says there's a second shooter or somebody else was involved or there's a cover-up or it's a false flag, every single time I've taken the stance to argue against it. Not because I want to shut people down, but because... If I can't disprove it, well, then maybe there's something to it there. So I want to try to disprove all that stuff because I'm really trying to prove it. Okay, But that's how I work as an investigator, and I've done this for a long time. And I think that's you know what we need to be mindful of. <sighs> I'm rambling. It, it, at the end of the day, it, it's, just, it's just a tragedy. You know, and I, I think we also need to consider... The possibility of this, that a man was mentally unstable and had just a horrible amount of hatred in his heart and was highly intelligent 
and understood operational security and didn't tell a soul what he was planning and was able to execute this operation the way he did, the way it's been told. We have to consider that possibility. I was reminded of something this week that I had a personal experience that I'm not able to go into right now. But it reminded me of things I've heard and seen when I was a soldier and when I was a cop. And what that is, is that evil exists in this world. Call it evil, call it negativity, call it just bad stuff. Bad things happen. People do terrible things. And I think that's part of our challenge in understanding what happened here. Is that even if that's all there is to it, we have to accept the fact that one person was capable of doing something so terrible. But we have to look at history and see that this stuff has been done in the past. People have done atrocious things to other human beings in the past. And we need to acknowledge that. We need to be mindful of that possibility. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but I'm saying that's something we should consider. People do terrible things. There's a lot of questions we have. There's a lot of questions we're going to have for a long time. When I hear the term false flag, I think that term gets thrown around too casually now. Some some researchers and investigators and truth seekers are automatically assuming false flag whenever an incident happens. That's okay if, if that's your angle and you want to investigate to make sure that it's not. But just because something bad happens doesn't mean it's a false flag. And what is a false flag? Sometimes a false flag can be just a total deception and nothing bad happens. In this case, regardless of who did it, people died. That's verifiable. People died. Bad stuff happened. So in this instance, you got to be mindful that even though you're using the term false flag, there was still someone who did something very bad. And, and, and we can't lose sight of that. On the flip side, and this is how I want to end the show this week. There were, in the, despite that terrible darkness that befell those people at the concert in Las Vegas, despite that horrible moment, there were so many beautiful acts of love, of courage, and of bravery. Of people showing they valued human life in the face of such negativity, of such evil, of such belittling of human life. They stood up and they said, I'm human and I care about my fellow human beings. I care so much that I'm willing to die for people I don't know. I read a story today about a, a gentleman who, he, I think he was a Marine Corps veteran. He stole a truck and rescued about 30 people who were shot. He did, I think, three trips to uh, the hospital to get these people. He doesn't. We, the status of these people is still unknown. Um, he didn't stop for recognition. He just dropped them off and he went back and he, you know, and then he put the truck back where it was. And he, uh, you know, the, 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 the article I was reading was about a text message that the owner of the vehicle sent to this guy. He says, hey, no big deal. Just wondering if you still have the keys. 
Don't worry about the truck, uh, you know. And the guy said, hey, I still have your keys. I'll be happy to meet you. And uh, I also was able to save your toolbox. I took it out to transport the people, but I, I returned it to the truck. Like, what a decent guy. You know, he, he, he thought about the toolbox. That's, that's an act of love right there. You know, and, and you just hear so many stories about people grabbing others and, and bringing them to safety or protecting their bodies. And I try not to read too much of the sad stuff because I think the media is pushing on that as well. I think this is an opportunity to uh, to gather plenty of loose if you listen to my other shows. I don't want to talk about that just yet, but I think we need to be mindful. I think we need to right now cleanse ourselves of the negativity that, that's probably surrounding a lot of us that are still looking into this. And remember that the human spirit stood strong during this incident. And the human spirit can continue to stand strong, to shine that light through the darkness. And those of us who weren't there, who feel that pain and that sadness, that's how we are shining our light, is by not giving up, by looking for the truth as to what happened. Because we understand that the victims and their families deserve to know exactly what happened. And I think it's important to know why it happened, which we have not learned just yet. So we will continue to be that light. We will continue to search for truth and ask those difficult questions, even in the face of the naysayers, even in the face of ridicule. I know Ray and myself will continue to push this as it develops and see what else we can find. I mentioned something briefly a minute ago. Getting into my Sixth Sense Seeker podcast mode for a minute. I've talked extensively on my shows and it's the the main theme in my book Food for the Archons is that humans may be some form of cattle I know that sounds harsh right now listen to my other shows to get the details on that but ultimately we produce energy this has been verified in several scientific studies and it's the energy of fear that is desired that's why we have such a fear based society could this have been one incident to gather lots of Loosh, gather lots of that of that energy. I want to read an excerpt real quick from uh, Bob Monroe's book. Okay, so I'm going to use, uh, I guess, a sixth sense reference point here just to talk about a possibility of uh, really understanding this world. You know, I've been watching a show, spoiler alert for those of you that are watching The Good Place. So I'm going to give a, a clear warning about that. It's a show with Ted Danson. Um, the show called The Good Place. And the whole first season is it, it's these people have died and they're in what is they call the good place, which is supposed to be heaven. And a woman and a, and a couple other people are there and they realize they shouldn't be. But they like it there so much, even though it's supposed to be in what they call the bad place, they lie and try to stay there. And stuff starts going wrong and they try to figure it out. And uh, in the end, everybody starts advocating, well, you're we want you to stay in the good place. And long story short... She ends up figuring out she's not in the good place. She's in the bad place. And they're just messing with her. They're using this anxiety she has over getting caught to slowly torture her. But she acknowledges it and she realizes it. And something just blew up in my brain when I saw that. And this is what I struggled with. I guess after my father died, when I realized just how bad things can get on this planet. Now, we have potential for beautiful things here on Earth. 
but we also have the potential for really bad things here on Earth. Now, I'm not saying we're in the bad place, but let's consider that for a minute. What if, in fact, we are? What if we already died and have no memory of that? What if we are being punished for something? Or what if we're just prisoners or captive or cattle, like I said earlier? Let's explore that, that thread of reality for a minute. Now, Bob Monroe in his book, Far Journeys, and I've talked about this on several shows. This, I think this is one of the most important things that's been written in modern times. I think what Bob, the work that Bob Monroe did, I think, is the equivalent of what the writers of the Gospels of the Bible did. They had these powerful, divine experiences that gave them information that later got turned into religious dogma. Bob Monroe had very similar experiences, and he was shown a similar vision. And what he was shown was basically a Garden of Eden-type scenario. But he saw that the desired reason for the creation of this garden was for an energetic output called loosh, energy. And what he found was that the most desired form of energy came about when, or, or most desired form of loosh, when different species were fighting for survival. It got even stronger when they were fighting to protect the ones they loved. And it got even stronger when they were experiencing loneliness or a longing for the connection with the divine. Now let's think about life on this planet. Every day seems like a fight for survival for some people out there. There's some loose production. We always want to protect the ones we love. We have fearful situations throughout our lives where the ones we love are in danger. More loose is produced. Every single one of us, if we haven't already, will one day lose someone we love. There's the loneliness. There's the emptiness. There's more loose production. Many of us have that longing for the connection with the divine. Again, more loose production. Read his book, Far Journeys. I'll have the links in the show notes. But one of the things that he said was that uh, they had the ability to create a quick culling of a herd if they need quick supplies of loosh, which I found interesting. And then he said, from experience, the collectors have evolved an entire technology with complementary tools for the harvesting of loosh from the Type 4M units. The most common have been named love, friendship, family, greed, hate, pain, guilt, disease, pride, ambition, ownership, possession, sacrifice, and on a larger scale, nations, provincialism, Wars, famine, religion, machines, freedom, industry, trade, to list a few. Loose production is higher than ever before. I think we need to go back to my original thesis, or my original question. Is who are we? We need to understand who we are. Because then I think we'll be able to accept and understand what others are capable of, and what we're capable of. And if we are these energetic beings, and these parasites do exist, as I, as I push on many of my shows, maybe we're being manipulated to produce this energy more often than we realize. Maybe that's why the media is peddling this fear-based stuff. Maybe that's why there's countless stories of the survivors and what they went through because it just tugs at your heartstrings and makes you feel those horribly sad emotions and feelings Rightfully so, you, you feel that when you read it, but maybe that's why. And maybe 
for some reason, and I've seen comparisons to Masonic stuff, being that there was a pyramid there, it was on the 32nd floor, 32nd degree masonry, uh, you know, and all these, and there was an obelisk there, which is are all, are all Masonic symbols. Maybe there was some form of energetic ritual that was done or need, and maybe that was just a giant harvest. I know that sounds horrible to say, but I'm exploring all possibilities here. There's something going on beneath the surface, beyond what we're seeing and the behaviors that are happening. There's other stuff happening. And I know that's a lot for people to swallow. You know, I found comfort today in listening to David Icke's uh, podcast and his reflection on this and found almost point for point, I'm seeing eye to eye with him. Now, <laughs> you know, in my head, I'm going, great. You know, people are going to look at me and say, oh, you're, you're proud that you see eye to eye with David Icke, isn't he? And the way they discredit him is, isn't he the one that thinks the world's ruled by reptiles? Well, listen to the guy talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I. I think that there's energetic parasites that are out there that are messing with us. Besides all that stuff, you can dismiss that energy stuff I just talked about. Everything else I said, I think, is pretty darn credible. I think it. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think we need to use caution and diligence as we move forward in this investigation. I don't know what the rest of the week holds. I don't know what the rest of the month holds. I think we need to be careful. I think we need to be mindful. Uh, the the Farsight Institute put out their predictions for the upcoming month of October. And there's some potentially challenging events that are in there. I'll have their link in my show notes. Please check it out with the Farsight and see what they're predicting for the upcoming month. The results have been pretty impressive over the past year, year and a half that they've been doing this. It's another tool we can use to better navigate and prepare for whatever may lie ahead in the future. All right, my friends, I'm done rambling. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this show here. This has been a, uh, another episode of The Secret Podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Please make, make sure you follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Sixth Sense Media. That's the number six, not the word six. Go to Twitter. It's six underscore sense underscore media. And of course, at serviceofchange.com. Subscribe to the secret newsletter. Follow us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on TuneIn Radio, on Google Play, and many other platforms out there across the web. Thanks for listening, my friends. Have a wonderful week. Please be safe. Keep your eyes open. And uh, remember that small changes among the masses have a massive impact around the world I encourage you to be that change never stop questioning keep open mind